0: Hey you folks, welcome to the Sloppy Boys Blowout. I'm sitting here with Tim Kalpakis. What is up? And right next to him is Jeff Dutton. What up, what up? Oh, and I forgot to mention my own name. It's Mike Hanford. Folks, it's the Sloppy Boys. It's the Sloppy Boys blood. Here we go. <laughs> wow. Hey,
1: rock and roll. Rock and roll. Michael, you have a Corona there, huh?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm sipping on a Corona
1: light. You're going a little south of the border. Ooh.
0: Yeah, did it. Did, it, did, it,
1: did, it. did I? Have I? Ooh. I feel like I've maybe told that on the pod once before, but. When we used to hang out at Birds all the time, uh, that bar on Franklin, yeah. I always had. I always just drank bottles of Budweiser. Uh-huh. Okay, and then one one night, I said, "Give me a Corona," to the bartender. <laughs> the whole place uh, gasp. Yeah, they said. Uh, and that bartender, Brendan, who was really great, mm-hmm. he gave me cool. a Corona. And then later that night, Jessica walked up to the bar and <laughs> she said, "Can I have a Stella and a Bud?" And uh, Brendan was like, wait, 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 is the bud for Tim? And she's like, yeah. And he goes, <laughs> he didn't like the Corona? <laughs> he, he goes, Tim's going south of the border tonight.
2: <laughs> no, Jessica,
1: Tim's south of the border. <laughs> How dare you try to give him a St. Louis Budweiser? You fool.
0: Do you know nothing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was then he really like reamed her out for a long time. It was kind of. And
0: weird. did you take Brendan side "You
1: never listen to me." Yeah, I stood up on the bar and I was like, "You bitch." <laughs>
0: and then, and then when you were like, "Do we serve water
1: here?" <laughs> Coyote Ugly, uh, listen to the Sloppy Boys Patreon if you.
0: Want yes, to hear about patrons, it. you probably know all about it. Do you've listened to it? You love it, and hey, can I just say something? We love you, patrons. We love you coming by and. Checking us out and
2: hanging with us means the world to us. We appreciate it. You're the gasoline that keeps the motor running.
1: Oh, that's kind of a metaphor.
2: Folks, today we're discussing Discovery. The Discovery Channel? No, no,
1: no, Michael. Discovery Plus?
2: No, not the streaming service, Fuck, Timothy.
1: The you know, my friend, My oh, just sorry, <laughs> but my friend Dave Ferguson writes for a show on Discovery Plus. So oh, just so you know. The 2001 Breakthrough
2: Album from Daft Punk, a.k.a. Tomás Bangalter and Guy Manuel de Om Cristo.
0: You know them best as those boys in the robot helmets.
1: <laughs> the Little Helmet Friends.
2: Yielding six singles and charting high the world over, it's regarded as one of the most influential records in electronic music. It also marks the birth of their iconic robot costumes. Really, this is the beginning of it? Oh, oh two thousand one. Okay, okay, okay. Yes. Wait, wait. Uh, so th-
1: the the previous album, what did they look like?
2: They only appeared in like weird masks and face paint and shit. Like it but, was, but they it were was not.
1: Inc- they were not robot masks.
2: They didn't have personas. They look. They wore. Uh, I looked it up. They wore.
0: Black bin bags, which is an English article. I think that just means little trash bags. And Halloween masks. For oh, as well. my God. Oh, yes. Halloween. British
1: people call garbage the bin. bin. The bin. Put it in the bin. <laughs> Wait. I, I still have to, uh, speaking of British stuff, I still have to watch that one show. Staff Let's Flats. <laughs> yes. Fran and Neil tried to tell me this title 20 times, and I didn't get it. What is it? Well, Staff Let's Let's
0: Flats. flats. They told me about it, and the same thing. I was like, what did you guys say? Staff? Let's?
1: Flats? Yeah. Does let's, that's a verb that means, like, rent? rents?
2: Rents apartments, uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, he's like, a, he's like a realtor guy. It's very funny. It's super funny. You gotta watch it.
1: Staff, let's, flats.
2: Now, wait a minute. I fear we've gotten off track. Don't you worry, Mike. This album... Is perhaps the seminal work. Ew. The sperm work of what they now call French house.
1: Chateau? Wait, all, French house, Le Maison. What, what's the deal? Le, le Maison, yes. Tim, you're getting it. You're getting it. Chez Chateau.
2: Le Maison de Techno. <laughs> yes. Now, similar to metal, electronic music has a lot of like annoying subgenres where people get really up in arms about, like, that's not black metal, that's speed metal. Right. Uh Now, French House, according to Wikipedia, the defining characteristics of the sound are heavy reliance on filter and phaser effects both on and alongside samples from late 1970s and early 1980s American or European disco tracks or original hooks strongly inspired by such samples. Causing thicker harmonic foundations than the genre's descendants. That's meaning your other uns uns technique. That's what I thought. I, I listened to some of this album, I was like,
0: yes, I'm hearing a lot of what you just said.
2: Yes, yes. It emerged in the 90s and it's your standard steady 4 4 beats around uh, 120 BPM. Hmm. But that's the style of what we're dealing with. And You know, we're going to get into some serious discussion about sampling, I think, in this this episode. This is one of the infamous ones. I would put it up there with like Paul's Boutique as far as somebody... Sample crazy. as, as, As far as being sample crazy, yeah. Paul's Boutique is
0: like that Beastie Boys album. They sampled like... Led Zeppelin and the Beatles, which is a
2: right. costly. They sampled me. And it's uh, an example where the creativity is a little ahead of the law. Right. Oh.
1: Like uh, Girl Talk had a whole album that was or could, I think, was like a hit on the underground, but could not ever be released. Jeff, the reason we're talking about this. Yes. It is because of the group's breakup. How do you feel about it? <laughs> Tim, thanks for asking.
2: I'm sad. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, the other reason we're talking about it is it's one of Jeff's faves. I remember when their latest album came out, Random Access Memories, and they said, that we're not going to tour for this album. When we do tour, it's going to be a career-encompassing tour. And I was like, oh, baby, I'm going to spend some serious money seeing that fucking tour. Yeah. Because I missed, I missed their other tour, Alive. I said, if they ever come back around, I'm going <laughs> to pony up the bucks. And I'll Sounds never get that sad. chance. Not, they'll come back, man. They'll, they'll come back.
1: Have you ever seen them live?
2: They, they might no. listen to
1: this and come back.
2: I'm like, what, what does breaking up mean? You stop being friends or what? Because you only came out with a record every like five or ten years anyway. Why, don't, why break so up? It's right.
0: Why even break up? Would Just be like, put out an album later and it'd be the biggest thing in the world because you haven't done anything in a long time.
1: They must really hate each other because you would not... You think? It's been... Is Random Access Memories their last album? That was, like yeah, nine, which was eight two years twenty. Ago.
2: Yeah, it was a long time ago. What's the big hit on that one? Get Lucky. Get Lucky. Oh, yeah, okay. Which is not my favorite.
1: Oh, Jeff, wait till you hear this. That's my favorite album ever of theirs.
2: Because, Tim, you are a fan of uh, songwriting and compositions, which of, well, of their albums, that's the one.
1: I, I'm i starting with. Uh uh, a little bit of a handicap here because, like, I it, it, when when they started, when's their first album come out?
2: What year? Uh, homework came out in 1997, I believe.
1: So I would say Homework and Discovery and uh, Human After All. Yes, those were all in a zone where, and I'm not proud of this, but like I was very much in this sort of like rock zone. Uh, and, and all of my favorite artists were dudes with the guitars Mm -hmm. and, and I had a lot of trouble. I've since lightened up about this, but I had a lot of trouble, like defining like (laughs) dance music sounded just like dance music to me. And I remember hearing that these guys were like, Oh, they're French and they dress like robots. And that's when I, that piqued my interest. But before that, it was just like, um around the world and like uh Barbie girl. <laughs> it feels like
2: loops. Yeah. yeah <laughs> well, yeah, yeah.
1: It, it may as well. Like to me dance in the, in the nineties dance music was just dance music. And it was all to me just like, okay, whatever. And I didn't really realize that there was like levels and, and maybe there aren't, I don't know. But, uh, you know, I've since become a fan of like, Giorgio Moroder or um, Nile Rodgers or people who who make dance music—that is the cream of the crop—and I didn't, I didn't ever key into that until maybe my late twenties. So I was pretty ignorant of this whole genre early on. Now they didn't do
0: Barbie Girl. You're talking about the Aqua song, right? They, they didn't do a song called Barbie right. Girl as well.
1: No, I, I mean okay. like literally anything that was like, like oh, you put like, them like, in the same genre. I see. What yeah, you mean. You're like like a uh, Sandstorm or. Right. And anything that you could dance to whether it was like jersey shore music or brilliant french music it all yeah, sounded yeah. the same to me until like 2005
2: I just remember getting my haircut like to me early daft punk is haircut music <laughs> interesting this was music that i was not into as a kid it, it felt foreign to me and i felt like oh this is for adults or for cool people or whatever i felt outside of it and i remember getting my haircut and hearing like one more time Even in New Hampshire, getting my haircut at Professionally Yours. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny.
0: Haircut music for me, I know exactly what you mean. Haircut music for me was like, snip, snip, trim, trim. We're going to take a little off the top. We're going to take a little off the sides and back. Snip, snip, trim, that type of song.
1: And that to me, like, if I heard that to this day, I would be like, oh, that's haircut music for sure. Yeah, yeah. The barber's going to help you out. Jeff it was haircut music. Yes. When's the breakthrough? I, I I remember the very first time I heard, um, I was at a bar mitzvah and I heard around the world and I, mm-hmm. and everyone was dancing to it and, and I was not into it. Then later <laughs> when, when I first heard, um, one more time, mm-hmm. which is track one on this album, guess what video game I was playing.
2: Sonic the Hedgehog.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was Sega.
2: Was it a game that you that it was on the game? No, it couldn't have no. been.
1: No, we mute. It's a game that has great music, but we muted it on Sega.
2: Hmm.
1: Oh, Tony Hawk, Sega Dreamcast. So close. What's what's like the beta version of Tony Hawk, Dave Mira, BMX? <laughs> oh
2: my god, <laughs> Dave that's Mira, so BMX. Funny.
1: I have a very clear memory. Of um, I never skipped school, except like one day in high school. My friends were like, "Hey, we're gonna skip. We're gonna skip school. So everyone come over to Jack's house, and we're gonna we're get playing
0: DM BMX. What? Come with us.
1: We're gonna play. I don't know what. Like we were kind of into uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, but we were way more into Dave Mira BMX. We, and, man, I
0: love Tony Hawk's skate Pro Skater.
1: Well. That also had like a better soundtrack of songs, although there was a little bit Depends of um, tones on Demira. But mm. on this particular day, my friend called me in the morning. said, "We're skipping school. Come to my house." So I went to my French uh, Jack's house.
0: How'd you then, skip school? Like, uh, you you, did got, you think like, sick? Did you drive yourself to school?
1: Yeah, this must have been oh okay junior or senior year. I didn't say anything to my parents, and then I drove to my friend Jack's house. And then we spent the whole morning eating Domino's Hot Wings and playing Dave Mira Dreamcast BMX. Oh, my God. And, and this is the morning? What a dream. This is the morning. And my, my friend Jack, Jack's in the Navy, and I've mentioned him on the podcast before because he used to be stationed in Norwich, Connecticut, um, home of the car bomb.
0: Folks, you might hear about that later this week.
1: That's right. A little foreshadowing. Anyway, we're hanging out. And Jack says, guys, the new Daft Punk album came out and he goes where I'm, I'm mid Dave Mira game, but he pops in a CD. You're handlebar
0: he, twisting every which way.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm doing uh, manuals and I'm linking up the tricks to keep all the points, you know?
0: Any bunny hops?
1: A uh, few. I didn't want to go overboard, but he hits play on Discovery and one more time uh, starts playing. And I, I remember... My, my thought was this song won't start, you know, like that's, that sample is like one more time. And it's like a long song of like, Jack, would you turn off the fucking CD? I'm trying to play Dave Matthews. I I felt like I was listening to an intro for like five Mm -hmm. minutes. And then here's uh, just a weird little side note. After we played the game, the guys were like, Hey, um, okay. We had our fun. Let's go to school. And the other guys all were like going to go to school. And I was like, what are you doing? I thought we were skipping. And they're like, no, we were just going to skip the morning. We got to get to class. And then I was like, I have too many lates and I can't go in late or I'll get suspended. Whoa. Oh, Tim. And so, so they all went to school and I went back home. I got in my car, I drove home. My mom, who is like a stay at home mom, I, it's like noon or something. And I pull back home and she's like, what are you doing? Why did you like, have so many lates? I just, those other lates were just honest lates. This one was like the only time that I was pushing the rules, but.
0: Well, Tim, you are I mean, you were like the most punctual person I know.
1: Yes. And uh you, I used to run out of gas a lot because I would only put like a dollar of gas in my car. Anyway, <laughs> I, I pulled back home and my mom was like, what are you doing here? And, and I just told her the whole story. And I was like. What are you going to do? I think it was senior year, so she couldn't be too mad at me. I'm about to leave for college. But senior slide. that was the first time that I heard Discovery by Daft Punk. Wow. What are you going
2: to do? Take away my Daft Punk CDs? Now, Tim, I'm sure when you first heard One More Time, you thought, hey, that sure sounds like More Spell on You by Eddie Johns.
1: Yes, yes.
2: It goes a little something like this. Now, you'll hear those horn blasts like ba, da, ba, da, ba. Oh, yeah. Those are the key slices that they picked out. Here are those slices. Now, what they did was they reordered these. Here, they shuffled up the chord progression oh, to yeah. come up with this. And this is the down and dirty. And here is the polished track.
0: That's really cool. That is very cool. Now do you think like, these guys are obviously music smart guys. I do not know music. These guys know music. Do you think that's a, uh, were, they, were they like trained in music you think or they just spent so much time like messing around with like uh, DJ equipment and cutting up songs and they just landed on this stuff or, or were able to like find cool stuff because they knew where to chop things up?
2: I think they were crate diggers in the sort of traditional hip hop sense where these dudes, I think, are trying to make something new out of something old that they liked from their childhood. And and this track in particular is one of the samples that is uncredited on the original liner notes. So a lot of the songs that we're going to talk about are cleared and credited, the samples. This was Mm -hmm. not one. But that that was one of the things that they got away with early on without crediting. And as time goes on, people have found more and more like tiny little things that maybe should be credited, maybe it's okay. Hmm. It's kind of a uh, up for discussion. Damn. Well, you know what I
0: liked about this song is uh it ends in such a f- a funny like fizzle outy way. Like it just kind of like they turn the volume down (laughs) like for a song that just like builds in a cool way. And it's like exciting. It's, it's just like,
1: well, I told you guys when we were recording our last album, I said, I read an article that says the fade out is, is an intentional way to have the, the listener continue to have the song in their head for an extra eight beats. Really? Yep. Interesting. And I was pitching that we fade out a song on Paradiso and Jeff was like, well, <laughs> so the listener has their, the song in their head for an extra eight beats. What does that do? And I said, <laughs> well, I don't know.
0: I don't know what the, the article said.
2: Track two on this album, Aerodynamic, huh. is not one that I tried to uh, draw your attention to. But one thing that I uh, liked about it was that they talked about sampling an electric guitar and playing an unplayable electric guitar solo using an arpeggiator. Mm. So that's how oh. you can get samples like the following.
1: Well,
0: you're telling me Van Halen couldn't play that. You're telling me Kelpakis
1: couldn't play that? Come, Come on,
2: on, man. Yeah, I don't know if it's unplayable.
1: When, you know when I start doing <laughs> the double taps? You know when I get all worked up?
0: Kelpakis can play that and he sucks.
1: <laughs> I, when I get <laughs> tapping I could play that I don't even need another page eater you get tapping
2: I get toe tapping that's true the backbeat there or the the bed of the track is a sample from Il Maquillage Lady by Sister Sledge of course now it's not one of the Nile Rodgers produced Sister Sledge albums because that would be interesting because Nile Rodgers worked with them on Random Access Memories this isn't one of those this is a different one.
1: Oh, I I would give so much money for us to be talking about random access memories right now. <laughs> but do but low, we are not.
0: Do these uh, robot masked Frenchmen play any
2: of the uh, instruments or is it all samples and, and drum machines? In the years following discovery, people have tried to pin certain samples on them. Like, this is a sample of this. This is a sample of this. And a lot of the times they uh-huh. say that people are wrong. Yeah. Okay. And they say that a lot of what you think you're hearing has actually been re-performed by them on instruments. So I don't know the degree to which they are like good guitar players or or whatever. Okay. But it seems like they re-perform a lot of things that are samples. And yeah. that's also a thing that you'll hear Dr. Dre do. He he will sample something to come up with a song, but then there might be some ghost notes or some swing time that isn't part of what he wants in his ultimate thing. That makes the lawyers very, very happy, I see. But, he, you know, in the case of Dre or whatever, he will have to clear it and then will still choose his reperformance as better for his piece. Hmm.
0: Now, w- what about, like, in, in One More Time, uh, for
2: instance, who, who's singing one more, who's saying one more Time? It says vocals per- performed by Romanthony. Now, mm. oh, he's, he's definitely great. the guy who's doing the verses, but I feel like the one more time, the, the vocorder, uh-huh. might just as well be uh, Tomas and Guy Man.
0: Yeah. But, but they sampled Romanthony's song, or they had him come on in the studio and say, ooh, we're going to celebrate.
2: So these two guys, Romanthony and Todd Edwards, came in to do original vocals over these beds that were mostly sampled. Okay. And uh, I'd love to
0: come into a Daft Punk album and go, uh, do it again. (laughs) And they just kind of take it off and here we go.
2: Just sort of fucking go nuts.
1: I'm actually surprised that's Rome Anthony because I thought it was Monsieur Francais. No, you did?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, now I'm going to draw your attention to track three and this is one of the more human compositions. This is Digital Love. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Now, this is a sample of uh, I Love You More by George Duke. One of the more... Um, yeah. You Look, this is one where I was bummed when I heard George Duke because I was like, oh, this Daft Punk song that I think is the bomb, they were just lifting bars from this 70s guy or 80s guy or whatever. And now we get into my conflicted feelings about sampling. <laughs>
1: It is a complicated, sticky wicket, because I'll even say on One More Time, which is a cool song, I yeah. did like the original sample better than what they did with it. And with this song, it's a pretty heavy sample. Like, the, the source material is pretty cool. Yeah. And furthermore, I recognize this Daft Punk song as the soundtrack to Jefferson Dutton's directing reel.
2: No. Did you not? No, it's a different song. Fuck! <laughs> Fuck my life. That's Happy Up Here
1: by Roixop. Oh, how could I Because possibly? Oh, no, isn't
0: your, isn't your directing real?
2: Because I'm happy. <laughs> oh, I thought it was
1: i'm jeff 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 yes i'm yeah. here to stay
2: <laughs> um oh tim i'm gonna sample that my
0: directing reel has a little snip on the top and a snip in the back it's, it's, it's my, haircut. Well, i've
2: seen your hand your reel and it goes a little bit of food by my side <laughs> <laughs> wait
0: now jeff who what was sampled in this song the
2: vocals George Duke and that, like, and he sang it was the whole music it. of like, dance down, down, oh, down, down, okay. But who's singing those lyrics? Them,
0: okay. That's just they added that, okay. Vocals, perform... what I like about this song is the, the
1: lyrics, yeah. So In, the lyrics and cool.
2: uh, a lot of these songs say vocals performed by Daft Punk, if not, yes. uh, these other guys, Rome Anthony and um, Todd Edwards. But
1: I want to hear about Jeff's complicated feelings on samples, oh, yeah, okay. Well.
2: For me, it started with like hip hop. You hear a Will Smith song or a, or a B.I.G. song. And then yeah. when you hear the original, if it's mm-hmm. uh, Stevie, Stevie uh, P-Funk is a huge one, especially with Snoop and Dr. Dre, where you realize like, oh, they just fully and completely are sort of tap dancing on top of this established musical thing.
1: Right. They didn't, they didn't chop it up and make a new thing. They just wrapped over it. Right.
2: The, the whole debate uh, ethically or artistically about it is are you creating a new thing out of the old thing or are you just benefiting from the old thing? And everybody's going to have a different dividing line. Kanye is really good at, I think, creating new things out of old samples. Mm-hmm, sure. Even people who sample things would agree that the best thing you can do is completely disguise a sample. Mm -hmm. And uh, in this case with Digital Love, it's not disguised whatsoever, but it is one of the tracks that is fully cleared and credited in the liner notes. So I don't know, like, what you can really say about that. In fact, a lot of them are. And then we get into some trickier territory because really Discovery is just chock full of these old samples and a lot of them were implacable. Sure. They didn't credit the ones that they maybe should have credited, like... Uh, the Eddie Johns more spell on you for one more time because they, th- they, they thought they were being tricky and they got away with that one for a while, but eventually they had to sort of bow and say, okay, yeah, we're gonna give you this money or whatever.
0: I would even go I would go out on a limb and say uh, the deaf punk sort of blurs the line between artist and producer where artist Ooh, is producer. producer Michael is artist. Oh my God, you would uh, say that here on the pod I would. I mean if I have to, I will, but I, I would.
1: That is so weird when you you talk about uh bigger faster stronger being us having samples and that's so weird because it's like years later that would be a Kanye song sampling them and that trail of samples is so funny I just I read about recently a, a long trail of samples where do you know the Vampire Weekend song step on modern vampires of the city. That's like mm-hmm. the gloves are off. Only yeah. one. They were like aping the melody of like an eighties hip hop song. And they credited that. And then they later, while the lawyers were like vetting it, they found out that that song was sampling bread, the seventies uh, rock band. Uh-huh. So they, when you look at the songwriting credit on that track, it's like seven people because it it's like decades huh. and generations that led to this song.
0: That's so funny because the the famous one uh, that uh, Ezra Kaninger is like involved with that Beyonce song because it started as a tweet about yeah. a map as a yeah yeah song. Like that's also such a complicated sampling
1: thing. Yeah, so that song uh, like Hold Up by Beyonce, it's like the original country guy from the '60s plus Diplo. Plus the yeah, yeah, yeahs, plus mm-hmm. Vampire Weekend. Everybody just gets a credit, and that's what you that's do these nuts.
2: days. You know what it reminds me of is when I first heard that Coolio didn't want to give Gangster's Paradise to Weird Al, and he was like, well, <laughs> yeah. okay, I'll just go to Stevie Wonder, or however
0: they, <laughs> uh, yeah, right, yeah, however yeah.
2: they dealt with that, where it's like, yes, he's Weird Al is covering this because of the relevancy of gangster's paradise uh-huh. but coolio has no like to stand on because so much of what he's done is just on the back of pastime paradise
1: yeah
0: yeah oh that's why i didn't i didn't realize that
1: i remember in uh behind the music <laughs> do you remember flea talking about um what's that? <laughs> a bedrock uh the yabba-dabba yabba w yabba do <laughs> yeah, now
2: yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> flea was like I I don't like that song. It's it's not cuz he like I didn't give permission or cuz I don't want to be parodied. I was, I'm a fan of Weird Al. I was just really disappointed in Yubba Deba Yubba do now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's such a specific snipe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh well, I'm going to take you now. I mean, we've heard harder, better, faster, stronger, right? We don't
0: hell yeah. Yeah, I remember when when Kanye uh sampled that when he was doing that uh, Bud Light Seltzer sweater pack. Oh, right. He (laughs) sampled that. If you want seasonal seltzer, better get the ugly sweater.
2: Now when when, when I get thirsty, I get get a Bud Light Seltzer. They got new holiday flavors. One of the flavors is ginger. I know the holiday's coming, and I should get much drunker. But ugly
1: sweater
2: I need one right now Peppermint patty flavor If you please
1: <laughs> Love it Love it
0: <coughs> That's great I'm glad Kanye did that Okay, go ahead Jeff.
2: <laughs> and That brings us to uh, Another one I wanted well, to hear Well, you gotta clear at. that For me, by the way
1: My goal? Well, how much is it gonna cost?
0: Uh, well, talk to me and Kanye
2: Oh, jeez are you going to put us in the hole? A dollar. A dollar. Coming up, we've got Something About Us, one of my favorite tracks, and one of the most human. Oh, yes. Now, this one is fully original, according to the liner notes. Oh, that's cool. It
1: might not be
2: the right time. And one of the most poignant I lyrically. Might not be Anyway, funny to hear there's two robots about talking about us, a doomed relationship. Say, there's something between this was written about,
0: I read this, um, who, who's the less French sounding name? Tomas. Yes. He wrote this uh, about and kind of f- for his girlfriend. And you know who his girlfriend was at the time? No. An HP LaserJet Printer. <laughs> oh, no. Come on, these guys are robots. Uh, these guys want to fuck another robot.
1: I hear that he had a real thing for the ones and zeros.
0: Yeah, ones and zeros when it comes to their paychecks after this platinum album. <laughs> now, now,
2: Timothy. Word. Tim, I feel like I have the, I have the hardest uphill battle. With you, as far as the sample music, the dance music, etc, etc mm-hmm. this is a, this is a song that I wanted you to Tim can to be hear. tough how do you how do you feel
1: I, I like this because this is um i mean i try, I try to check my baggage at the door as far as like the what's ethical about samples, but when i'm listening to the song, just like this song rules and it, because it's like that groove they're in the pocket and it's nice and clean. And that's why I like that, uh, random access memories album. It's just like, it's a disco album. That's clean. It's like, I don't have a a problem with like nerdy shit, but there is some stuff on discovery that is like a little too, like, it's like pointing to it's, Computeriness. It's like
2: programmer
1: music. Yeah. 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 And it's cool. And I I can imagine how that's exhilarating, like if you listen to it when it's brand new. But to me, it doesn't age so well. And I think of like uh get lucky or like that Julian Casablanca song that's on Random Access yeah. Memories. And, and they're just yeah. like crisp, yeah. like per- they're almost like Steely Dan songs, because so they're just like perfect session production. And this mm-hmm. song like the rhythm section here is is like that and I do I like it a lot. Uh, th-
2: this song also feels like ground zero for like Postal Service for me yeah. where there's like a coldness to the production because it's electronic but then the mm. lyrics are like kind of a a a a stabby vulnerable mm,
1: a songwriter song. I wonder what that does to people like if if you're Daft Punk you make music for the dance floor So then when you do want to take a big swing on, like, the vocal, uh, I wonder if, like, if they're like, oh, boy, I hope that people are just having fun to this and not, you know, like, if you want a song to be a little bit melancholy, is that risky if you're a dance duo? Mm. We'll have to ask them. Yeah, we'll be like, hey, uh, Parley Vu podcast. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Daft Punk, come on the pod. (laughs) Defend yourself. So that's all the songs I wanted to go over, but... Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk a little bit about those costumes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, this was the first album that they got away from doing sort of like weird face now, paint wait, or in, whatever. In the
0: in the song "Around the World," yeah, isn't there a video for that where they're where they're like people are like going up and down a staircase? Yeah, but that's not them, right? But aren't they in that as well? Oh, oh, maybe, oh there's some robots in it, but it's not.
2: There, there are some weird yeah, little robot a set of Martian robots. type things, but um, yes, yeah, yeah. But but this was the advent. Th- this album gotcha. was the, the uh, birth of those costumes we know and love, and they were mm. created by Tony Gardner ah. of Alterian Inc. His first claim to fame was Return to the Living Dead, 1984. This was a movie that we watched mm. uh, Horror Fest one year. I don't know if you guys remember. Mm, there's a, uh-huh. a girl strips sure. in the graveyard. Uh, there's a yes. zombie who comes out, of, comes out of a little tar tube. Yes. Uh, they also went on to do Ad- the Adams Family movies, Shallow Hal, Jack and Jill, The Geico Caveman, Bad Grandpa for Johnny Knoxville. Oh, cool. So they've done a lot of stuff. But early claim to fame for them was designing these Daft Punk outfits, which were inspired by old sci-fi movies like Star Wars and, in particular, The Day the Earth Stood Still.
1: Ah. Oh, I I thought like they remind me of um, not the stormtroopers, but like the stormtroopers that are specifically on Endor in Return of the Jedi.
2: Oh, the biker cop. Yes, the, the, the biker, biker cop guys. Dudes?
1: <laughs> yeah, the, one one of the Daft Punk guys' helmet always makes me think mm. of that one.
2: But these are dudes who are fame-averse. They don't want to discuss their personal lives. They're like us. And uh, I think it's funny that they've kind of started this trend of DJs wearing colorful helmets or whatever the fuck. And I feel like now it's a move to gain attention. Ah, And mm. these are dudes that, I mean, truly for decades now, have done everything not to discuss their personal lives or get it intermixed with the music. So
0: even on red carpets and stuff, they wear the masks and it's
2: a fun gimmick. And look, they do look cool. I think they look fucking awesome. Yeah. They're the coolest thing ever. There was an Adidas commercial that Snoop was in that was star Wars related. And so it's basically, it's something like Snoop walks into the cantina and like, there's a bunch of aliens in there and then Daft Punk Uh is among them. And I was like, this works perfectly. This is the coolest I I think it creates a mystique in the best possible way.
1: I think it's, I wish there was more of this. I love it that the idea that like brilliant artists were wanted to not have their faces be famous and fly under the radar. And I I always wonder that the initial impulse, it's not like they had to right out the gate, worry about being like all over People Magazine. So they eventually rose to mega stardom do you think the initial impulse is based on shyness, or just t- kind of being the types of guys that are not performers, mm-hmm. and that then later on it sort of became like, oh, we want to keep our private lives private?
0: I, I read that they like uh, bands like Kraftwork and Kiss and Ziggy Stardust, so it was like sci-fi glam mm. stuff. But it also something that made it was really cool for me was uh they said it creates a narrative storyline in a genre that usually lacks storyline hmm. so it's like especially with this album where it's like oh yeah these are like two robots in love or this is a, a song made by a robot in a genreless music yeah it's like it's just like a beat and samples and stuff but it just gives a little tiny bit of like oh yeah this is coming from two yeah. robots or that exists the real weren't suits and whatever
2: especially in this day and age where there's so much content everywhere that in order to break through there needs to be like an artist story yeah uh-huh where these guys were like okay we're two robots and i think yeah. their official explanation was that there was like they were in the studio and there was an explosion, and they are robots. <laughs> like, like they have like a uh, Ninja Turtles esque ooze yeah. origin to like how they are robots.
1: That's like how we fell in the ooze and we became the Sloppy Boys.
0: If they weren't in masks, the songs would still be the same, but like they wouldn't be in that uh, Adidas ad you're talking about when they do like no. photo shoots. It's really and being on the red carpet. It's cool, and you know who they are. Yeah, uh, it's definitely. Like they have, yeah, it's cool. It's, it's like uh, Batman.
1: It's icon. I, chrono- I was just gonna say the iconography is Batman. He realizes I, as as Bruce Wayne, who gives a fuck, but as Batman, as a symbol, I, I can I, as a symbol, I could be something. Uh, let me ask you: In our little band, do you guys remember making the decision to wear sunglasses? Because I feel like I remember one of our early gigs at UCB. I remember I was like, I'm gonna wear sunglasses. It'll give me like a layer of detachment, so I uh, so I
2: don't have to see the audience frowning.
1: So I don't have, <laughs> so I don't have to see the audience frowning, and then also it's like I'm not a musician. I'm a I, I'm a comedy writer, and I need and I need a wall between me and the audience so I can let loose. But then we never had a conversation, right? right. That we all three of us were going to do it, and then eventually all three of us were doing it.
0: Yeah, but you know, Tib, we don't we don't. Tell the listener that we don't want. Oh yes, there was there was an
1: explosion in the studio. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. yes. yes.
0: We, uh, yeah, yeah. I remember sitting you two down and saying, "Look, we're wearing sunglasses. The record company wants us to wear sunglasses."
1: And you were like, "If you want to make these millions of dollars that they're promising us, Mm -hmm. you got to do this." That look, they're coming any minute. And then we were like, "Can they at least be ultraviolet protective?" (laughs) Of course, they can. I think it's a smart thing for every artist. If you're a young baby growing up, come up with some iconography so you're not just a human. Oh, shit. Have you guys watched the Billie Eilish documentary? No. Jeff?
0: No. Oh. Don't tell me she has green hair in some of it.
1: Uh, We get, well... It's just a really, really good movie and we should do it on the blowout. But I was thinking about her uh, in general, like to make the choice to have – to be like, oh, I – you know, she's she has like Tourette's and she's oh. Uh, like, oh, I, I'm like – I'm into darker stuff. So I'm just going to – by like the age of 15, she was like, oh, I'll do like green roots and I'll wear weird clothes And her music is great, but that the look also like really set her apart from like a thousand Disney kids trying to have hits. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to watch that. I've been watching a lot of uh, track breakdowns that she and her brother Phineas have done. Oh, yeah. And they, they really just get into like the raw nuts and bolts of Ableton or Logic or whatever they're using.
1: Do you watch uh, on the New York Times anatomy of a song uh, videos? They did one recently. Yeah, I've seen on, uh, one
2: or two, but I, uh, yeah, I should watch all of them.
1: They're great. Like the, the Zed one for the middle is really good, but they recently, somewhat recently did um, Olivia Rodrigo uh, driver's license, which, you know, I'm a huge fan of, and it's very cool to see how they break it all down. Check it out. Guys,
2: I think it's time. For a quiz. Oh, hell! Oh, you yes. got a
0: quiz here? Oh, brother. I got a quiz for you, baby. Oh, man. I hope I win it.
1: Yeah, I hope I run the table. Inspired by Daft Punk,
2: this is the robot quiz. Oh, <laughs> oh no.
1: Michael, you're dead because I love robots. I love the ones and zeros.
0: I love that. I love that little bit of carbon in each human being that uh, sets us
2: apart from the robot.
1: <laughs> um, Jeff, I'm gonna go on the record for question number one. I'm gonna say C3PO.
2: Mm, you're gonna to wanna to take that back.
1: Aren't you G2?
0: Not even close. Oh, no, Tim, don't be don't be a spoil sport on the quiz.
1: Oh, yeah, okay, I won't.
2: Play the quiz. Number one. The liquid metal T one thousand was a more advanced killing machine than this make and model portrayed by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um T two thousand? No. T1. No. T2. T-999.
0: I mean, come on.
1: Uh, Terminator 4.
0: <laughs> the T-Man. Tim Kalpakis. Uh-uh.
1: That's the T-800.
2: Oh. <laughs> Number two. The model no one's ever heard of before. Here we go. <laughs> this little dude's name is an acronym for Waste Allocation... Load Lifter Earth Wally. class. Very Aww. good, Tim. Yeah, baby. Remember
0: Wally.
1: Good movie.
0: That's a movie that uh when it came out everyone went to go see it with a bunch of friends and stuff and I couldn't go for some reason. So I went to go see it by myself and uh felt awkward.
1: <laughs> yeah, we saw it at the AMC Burbank, a whole big gang. It was great. Yeah, well, I couldn't go. I want to say we maybe went to Ben and Jerry's afterwards and got some scoops. Ferguson
2: grounded me. <laughs> Number three. This lieutenant commander of Starfleet <gasps> has pale skin and yellow eyes. Data. Timothy.
1: Oh, yes! Baby!
2: The cat man knows his bats. <laughs> <laughs> Number four. The name of this homicidal artificial intelligence was inspired by the letters IBM. How? Tim! Yes!
1: How, Timmy! Wow. Baby. How is that
2: uh, inspired by IBM? So, if you take the letters IBM and you advance each letter one letter earlier, uh-huh. I oh. becomes H, B becomes A, M yeah. becomes L. Gotcha. Mm. Huh.
0: That's the only (laughs) smart thing about that movie I have ever heard.
1: Did you guys see that? I saw that at the the Egyptian theater one time in 70 millimeter. (gasps) Yeah, it was with you, bro. There you go.
2: Number four. This robot was created by engineer Ted Lawson and passed off as his 10 year old daughter for four seasons in the 1980s. Oh. Um, Yes. Four seasons of sitcom.
1: Oh, uh, little, I mean, little
2: uh, my little friend, small my little wonder, small wonder. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> <dear>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Although my Mike, little friend,
2: Mike, I'm going to give you a half point for <laughs> my. Li- it's not sorry, not a half point, a side, a side point. point. Yes, okay, for, that I can exchange for a point. Well, in exchange we can, for half a point. We can, okay. we can discuss the conversion rate later. If you so choose. If you so choose. You
1: have to make the choice. It okay. can be
2: traded in for a half a point. Okay. I
1: like that. I thought I knew about robots. So I guess I don't. My little friend. <laughs> I would have never gotten that had you not said my little friend, by the
2: way. Number five. To test their revolutionary cyborg technology, an evil corporation revives Officer Alex Murphy as this robot, after leading him into a deadly confrontation. Alex Murphy, eh? Robot cop.
1: Robocop.
0: Michael, I'm gonna give it to you. Yeah, ah! you know I'm joking. I mean, we've said
2: robot cop a thousand times between ourselves. You know what I'm talking about. I'll give it to you, too. Number six. First appearing in 1987, this blue bomber was first created by Dr. Light to battle six robot masters gone Mega haywire. Mega Man! Correct, Michael. <laughs> He's
1: bomber. a doctor? No, he was created by was a doctor. He was created by a doctor. Wait, what do you say? You called him a robot
2: what? First appearing in 1987, this blue bomber was created by Dr. Light to battle six robot masters gone haywire. <laughs>
1: okay. Oh, the I'm, monsters I'm went haywire. Yes, yes, yes.
2: Jeff, you like robots.
0: You're you're into robot stuff. It's a robot quiz, baby. You should build one, dude. I'm wondering if you
2: are one.
1: Is there going to be a question about your um, uh, senior film at Ithaca when you built a robot?
2: No, number eight. Oh. After helping a horny super spy in the first film, this character is revealed to be a robot in the second.
0: Austin Powers is fr- the ladies who shot out of their boobs.
1: Um, a fembot. Um, uh, damn it. Oh uh, no! Okay, wait. Denise Richards. No, it's um, it's Elizabeth Hurley, and the character yes. is
2: yes. I'll take first name. Um, a lot of vagina.
1: No, oh, no. <laughs> uh, um, Basil Exposition. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, not it Hold begins on. with a V. Veronica, Veronica Vaughn. Valerie. Valerie.
2: No, no, no. Um, Uh -uh. That's Vanessa Kensington. Oh, Oh, Miss Kensington. Kensington.
1: Damn. She's a robot? I've been meaning to rewatch that because Barb and Star was so funny and it reminded me a lot of Austin Powers. I gotta
0: yeah. Arvin Star reminded me of like Austin Powers and Dumb and Dumber and Wayne's
2: World. Yeah.
0: Oof. Really great. So also
2: funny. uh very cheap the reveal that uh, Vanessa Kensington is a fembot in in the second one, but it gets things moving.
1: I do love it's so funny how fast he gets over it. He's like, oh you are a robot. Okay, I'm single. <laughs>
2: number nine number nine now here's where they start to get a little harder guys after escaping the flesh fair this male sex robot helps David in his quest to find the blue
1: fairy AI
2: that's the name of the movie Jude Law that's the name of the actor After escaping the flesh fair, this male sex robot helps David in his quest to find the blue fairy. I've never seen this movie. Okay, Cornelius Jeff. Four, Circuit Man,
0: <laughs> Gigolo Joe. Oh, oh,
1: Cornelius Four is not. Do far. you even
0: know the score, Jeff? Do you even? You haven't even been keeping track of the score, have you?
2: Yeah, I have. Who's
1: winning? I'm. I'm winning like twenty nothing.
2: Tim's winning four to two.
1: Great.
2: Forty two. Number 10. I don't know if you guys are going to get this. We will. Yeah, we I don't will. know if you guys have the nerd cred. <laughs> or the nerves.
1: We're nerdcore.
2: The Jawas had almost sold it to Luke and his uncle were it not for this Red astromech droids. Bad motivator. c r 2 No. This is the one that they almost bought. <laughs> Oh. Almost bot.
1: Wait, is this the one that's like in the lineup with R2-D2? Yes. Oh, my God. I'm never going to get that. <laughs> um, uh, Lucas Modesto.
2: No. Darth Nerd. Uh-uh. You're looking for R5-D4.
0: Wow. You're never... like my battleship. <laughs> Stop. 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 Stop it. Please. I'm not doing that.
1: No. I'm drop not doing that. my battleship on. bit. Move I'm on to hot. the next question.
2: No, no battleship stuff. That's the last question, Tim. You're the winner, four to two. <laughs> Wait a minute! I want to. I, first of all, I want to cash in my uh
1: my side point? side point.
2: Oh, I'm I'm Tim Mike. I'm so sorry. What do you want to do with that side point? I want to cash it in for a one to one. Mike, are you sure? So Tim wins four to two and a half. <laughs> the side point is a half. I want a whole point. Okay, well, I'll give that, you a whole that, point. That. Uh, t- Mike, Mike, I, I will I'm willing to do that. I will give you a whole point. There is
0: no chance here for a for a uh I got I got a good quiz I got a good quiz
2: one to even it up. Mike, I'm sorry to say there's no path to victory for you here tonight.
0: There is. Give <laughs> give me this question. Which which uh which daft punk guy is which in the uh, in the uh,
1: Tomas.
2: Okay. Uh, which n- number 11, which daft punk guy is which? Okay. The guy with the, uh, with the more French name has
0: <laughs> the big, big, uh, shiny mask. Whoa, hold and on. the other guy, Tomas, has the uh, one that looks like the guys
2: from Endor. <laughs> what are you talking about?
0: Tall guy. <laughs> You gotta listen back to the episode. Hey, you know maybe we shouldn't have done all those car bombs. <laughs> is the
1: problem? Hey, no this spoilers. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Easily double the drunkest I've ever been on this show. Oh yeah.
2: sure, 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 sure.
1: But hey, I'm proud that I won the quiz, and I should have known about that guy that was in the lineup with R two D two, but didn't no, get that's, chosen. I mean
0: D four, D five. What was his name?
1: R five D four. Hey, you know Jeff? You know what I was waiting you for
0: sunk my submarine, Mike. Uh, we said uh, we were I, I not. I wasn't going to get into. Be, I'm not getting into that type of humor tonight.
1: Um, I was waiting this whole quiz hmm. to bust out bicentennial man. <gasps> I thought that I I knew that would be an answer And it. That simply, would have been good. And, and and or her, uh, you know, that's a robot. I start I started thinking of all the robots and none of them came up. Um, what about the WandaVision guy? Is that a robot?
2: Yeah, Vision, he's a robot. He's a robot? Yeah. I, I love know. the MCU. I haven't wa- I haven't watched it. Me
1: neither. People yeah. who hate the MCU are such fucking boomers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Folks, that's gonna wrap it up. <laughs> and uh I think we had a fun a fun time here. Yeah. I I'm I'm definitely gonna go back and like listen to this album, and I'm gonna listen to more Daft Punk because it's uh, it's very interesting. Wait, it's very fun. Wait,
1: I just wanted to ask, do you, Jeff, do you? What do you think of Random Access Memories? Do you is that considered a sellout, lesser album by no, Daft Punk fans? Not
2: not by me. I I think that uh, okay. I think it's a cool evolution where they kind of stopped sampling the old stuff. And they were like, we're going to play instruments and we're going to get yeah. Nile Rodgers in here and we're going to do some real stuff. Also, personally, I associated with Shooting Birthday Boys because oh
1: yeah, it came out uh, in 2013,
2: yeah, yeah. 2013 and uh, I have really strong associations in, in my car of Random Access Memories and also Kanye West Yeezus. I
0: have Yeezus yes. and Vampires of the City. Uh, yeah. Me too. I
1: think I, I remember playing the, the moment it came out, playing Diane Young for you guys in the office and saying, Yeah, the new song, check it out.
0: I was like, What is this? What is this? New or uh, what, what? When did this come out? Like, What the what? Newly? Um, did I ever tell you guys about the time that I met Daft Punk? I was doing a, an aerobics <laughs> class with Richard Simmons and Daft Punk was there. Did I ever tell you about this?
1: No, and it's really weird that you you waited this long into the episode to bring it up. Well, I'm, remind me some. I got to tell you about that sometime. All right, folks,
0: that is the <laughs> blowout. We are going to Wait, wrap right, it up here. Tell
1: it. Tell us about it now.
0: No, no, it's it's not worth telling now. That that, that story. <laughs> we don't have time. We got to wrap this thing up folks we've had a great time we're gonna, we're going to step away from the uh, robots for a second and go and uh, get a little crooning we've had a good time we love all the
1: patrons oh you make our world go round <laughs> we appreciate whether you subscribed that's for sure
0: all right patrons we love you miss you every day have a great uh, weekend Goodbye. Yeah.
1: Bye. Bye.